Hey, good morning, everyone. How are you guys doing today? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, I just can't help but thinking about, uh, keep thinking about Thanksgiving. How many like Thanksgiving? I love Thanksgiving. I don't know. It just, it comes with so many fewer uh, accolades than Christmas, but it's really celebratory. It's like an all-day event. You don't have to spend all your money, uh, and you get to celebrate with people anyway, you know. Like, I don't know. I just like Thanksgiving. I'm just thinking about Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, when you think of Thanksgiving, there's food, there's football, and then there's people all fired up to be first in line. I, I, that's what I hate about Thanksgiving, that, they, uh, that now the stores are open in the evenings on Thanksgiving Day. That's crazy. You know, we should just boycott it. Who cares about the deal? You're going to save five bucks or something, you know. You're going to save five bucks and stand in line in the cold for three hours. Um, anyway, I guess we put up with it. I, I won't, there's no condemnation if you stand in line, okay? It's just, I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Oh, man. Okay, well, hey, I, uh, we, we started a series a couple weeks back, and today we're not continuing that series I'll continue that next week. I want to talk to you about an attribute of heaven. And uh, we have been, our series was Kingdom Come. So that'll continue next week. And really, this is sort of a sub, it's not directly associated with that series. But really, you know, when we talk about things in the Bible, we talk about what heaven's like and what God's kingdom is like and things like that anyway. So this is sort of like a byproduct of that uh, today. So, you know, um, we're, we're the parents of four kids, and we worked really hard at raising kids uh, with the mindset of honor and respect. You know, we were always trying to teach them how to be respe- respectful in situations and honoring in situations and, and thankful. We would, we would teach our kids how to, to uh, express thanks to people and you know, uh, please and thank you was, was a normal part of what we, um, we were teaching them. We, we tried the yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am thing. And we didn't really get that far with it. Now, regretfully, I think that was just, it's just another, it's the next level, you know. Um, but I began to think about our parenting. You know, we live in a culture where on the surface we try and be polite and grateful and, and kind and and face-to-face with people, you know, we teach, uh, you know, hold doors for people and, and be kind and, and greet them and, and all that stuff. But I began to think about something related to our kids. And that is, you know, you can, on the surface, come across as a very kind, generous, grateful person, but in reality, it's not in your heart. You know, so I could tell my kids, now say, th- what do you say? Thank you. But the reality is that was a, I was teaching them a learned behavior. I was teaching them a learned behavior, and I wasn't really, as a parent, getting to the core issue, and that's the heart. So we can, we can come across as grateful. We can come across as honoring. But the reality is it's a lot deeper than what we say with our words, right? You know, and one of the things, if you, you've been here any amount of time, um, you've heard this story, but I think it's very powerful. Uh, 
during Thanksgiving, one of the things that I look forward to the most is when we sit around the table, we eat our meal, which I always say to my wife, it takes days or at least many, many hours to prepare this meal in 15 minutes to finish off, you know? Like, I don't know, the, there's a lot of investment in the meal for 15 to 20 minutes and then people are full. But uh, that's a side note. But we sit around the table and each and every person at the table says to each and every person at the table why they're thankful for them. And this is not like, uh, you know, I'm... Uh, it's not like a a couple words. Sometimes it's a few minutes each person that we share with people. And it it is so powerful. There's always tears. There's um, There's always just a lot of emotion there because the reality is I don't think that we talk to people that we love and tell them how grateful we are for them enough. You know? And so if you're ever, you know, if, you're, if you ever eat Thanksgiving with us, you, that's a requirement. Like, it doesn't matter. If you're sitting at the table, you're going you're gonna, to uh, tell people who are sitting at the table why you're grateful, grateful for them. And it's powerful. Um, and really, you hear things that you never thought you'd hear, um, like really deep things. And to me, that is an expression of true thankfulness. It's an expression of true thankfulness. Now, I don't know about you. Maybe you have your traditions. Maybe you've thought about this thing that I just brought up. Like, you know, how do we get past the surfacey stuff to the heart? Like, the, the reality of what's going on in our heart. How is that expressed? The good things that are, that is, you know. Uh, we'll talk about the bad things some other day. But how do we express the reality of what's going on in our heart to people? And it's not behavior modification. That's not the answer. So today I want to talk to you about overflowing with thankfulness. Now you might think, ah, oh, it's Thanksgiving. I got to put up with one of these messages. Suck it up, okay? <laughs> I'm sorry. The reality is it, is, it is, it is an attribute of heaven. And I don't think we do good enough at it. We don't do good enough at it. Let me share with you just a couple quick verses. Because I really believe our, our Father in heaven... Views, views thankfulness and cares more about thankfulness that flows from the inside out. Uh, just a few verses because the, the Bible is loaded with these expressions of gratitude and thankfulness. Grat- just loaded with gratitude and thankfulness. Psalm 69. I'm just going to like fire off a few different verses and then get into the, the meat of the message. Psalm 69 verses 30 and 31 says this. I will praise God's name in song and glorify him with thanksgiving. You see that? I'm going to glorify him with thanksgiving. This is like an outflow of the heart. This will please the Lord more than an ox. What does that mean? Well, back in the day, they used to have to sacrifice animals to to essentially please the Lord, to receive forgiveness of sins and please the Lord. And here we're seeing the psalmist say that if I, if I praise him in song and glorify him with thanksgiving, this is bigger and better to God than any sacrifice we could ever offer. It says, this will please the Lord more than an ox, more than a bull with its horns and hooves. Psalm 100, verse 4. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. 
Revelation 11. This is, it's a culture of heaven, I'm telling you. Verses 16 and 17. And the 24 elders who were seated on their thrones before God fell on their faces and worshiped God. Saying, we give thanks to you. We give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, the one who is and who was, because you have taken your great power and have begun to reign. You see, the elders, part of their expression of worship is giving thanks to God. It's a thing of beauty. It's, it's, it's a culture of heaven. Here's the last verse I'll share in, in this context here. Colossians 2. It, it says, So then, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thanksgiving, thankfulness. Overflowing with thankfulness. That's the title of my message. Overflowing with thankfulness. Now, Paul's writing to the, to the Colossians here, and um, as he's talking about, as he's encouraging them and, and telling them to stand firm in what they've been taught, what they know, be rooted, be built up, uh, stick to the things you've been taught, there were, there were people trying to come in and bring false teachings. Do you know there's a rise of false teachings in our world? Do you know there's all these little twists and turns to Christianity now that, you know, there's people, there's they're, they're pastors and they're, they lead churches and this and that. And like these little tweaks to Christianity, how to get saved, how to know this and how to know that. And, and there's all these little, they're slipping things in. Back in the day when Paul was writing, there were people saying, well, you can't be saved unless you're circumcised and you know, you can't really truly surrender your life to God unless you do this and this and this. And they were trying to infiltrate um, a pure gospel with tainted truths. Because the reality is it's hard to accept this salvation when all you do is receive this gift from God. And so mankind is like, you know, all religion is about how can I earn my way to God? How can I be good enough to get to him? How can I present myself as, yes, I've done what I've had to do. I've checked off all the boxes, and here I am, God. I've done my part. And God's saying, you know, it's about what I've done. And so Paul is, in this context of Colossians, is trying to warn people that there's, warn the people of Colossae, the church of Colossae, that there's some false teachings that are coming in or trying to come in. But he's saying, just as you receive Christ as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. Just continue, keep, keep on going forward based upon the fact that there was a starting point and you've, been, uh, you've established a foundation, you've been rooted in your faith. You don't need to add anything to it. I've given you everything that you need. And as you move forward, you're going to be the kind of people that overflow with thankfulness. Paul is saying that, uh, you know, it's a mature sign of people when they overflow with thankfulness. This is just the opposite of our culture. I mean, it's so normal for us to be overflowing with uh, criticism, complaining, uh, you know, uh, pointing out the problems. And he's saying mature people in the faith 
The thing that comes out of them is what's really inside of them. It's the thing that's deep down, not a, not a learned behavior, not a trained response to things, but there's something in their heart that flows out of them. It overflows with thanks, thankfulness. That's the kind of people that Paul is, is identifying. This is the kind of culture that, that is established in heaven, that, that people are loaded with thankfulness. I want to tell you what that means. I want to I make that practical for you, but Paul, one of the earmarks of Paul's writings is that out of a mature follower of Jesus, this thing, and you could, you could term it however you want, thanks, thanksgiving, gratitude, thankfulness, it's all the same thing. It's coming out of the heart of a person who's been impacted by Jesus Christ. And I want, I, I don't know about you, but I want to be the kind of person that overflows with thankfulness. I want to lead and influence a church that overflows with thankfulness because it does something. It does something to the people around you. It draws out the best in people. When, when we're looking at people, when we're looking at God, when, when we're living our lives overflowing with thankfulness, it does something powerful. It does something powerful. It, it draws the best out of people. And that's what I see around our Thanksgiving dinner table every year. And we're going to continue to do it because it's, it's powerful. And we begin to see what's truly in the heart that many times you don't ever hear otherwise. And so the Father cares more about thankfulness and what's going on on the inside than the outward expression of something that's forced, you know? We could all say the right things and smile at the right time and, and you know, play the game well. You know, that's not what we're trying to teach here. We're trying to go after matters of the heart because that's really what God's looking at. Even like he said to Samuel. Samuel is, is lining up David and his brothers, actually David's brothers at that point, to anoint the next king. And he's looking at the out with this guy, strong in stature, tall and handsome. And he thinks in his heart and in his mind, surely this is God's anointed. He's the oldest. He's great looking, chiseled. You know, and God's like, I don't, I'm thankful about this one right here. I don't look at the outward appearance. Thank you, God. All right. I look at the heart. Thank you, God. (laughs) All right. Uh, Yeah, we'll move on. (laughs) It is a culture of heaven. It is a culture of heaven. Um, And, and so when we talk about overflowing, there's a picture. This word is used uh, several times and was used in that culture to um, carry the meaning or convey a picture of a river that's overflowing its banks. A, a river that's overflowing its banks. And he's saying that we, you know, the, the person who's pressing into God, that's standing solid in what they've been taught, that believes what what the word of God said, it's, it's, they're going to overflow with thankfulness. Like, it, it's, it's like the swelling of a river. Now, I, I'm a fisherman, and I love to fish for big fish in fresh water. So a lot of times I go up to the Salmon River and try and catch salmon and steelhead. Sometimes I'm successful. Many other times I'm not. Um, but that's just the reality. And there are times that that river, when there's a lot of rain, a lot of snow melt off, um, a lot of 
uh, uh, precipitation activity in the North Country, that that river is uh, swelling. It's like overflowing the bank so strong that you would never want to step in it because it'll sweep you away. In fact, when I go fishing, I, wear, I put on these wading shoes that have spikes on them to grip to rocks and to grip to things so that, you know, uh, because everything's slippery up there. The, the rocks seem like they got moss on them and all this stuff. So you've got to have your footing because if you go down, you're going for a swim, downriver. And, and, and so Paul is saying, getting back to, I, I could talk about fishing all day, but getting back to this overflowing the banks, this is the kind, this is, this is the kind of thankfulness that he, he expects to see flowing out of the hearts of those who are growing in Christ. Yeah, and one of our core values is we are growing to be more like Jesus. And so this is, again, just the opposite of the kind of attitudes that we see in the Bible and sometimes around us, if we're talking real here. We, we've got to be careful to entertain even to listen to complaining and griping and all that stuff because it has a tendency to wear on you, you know? And who wants to be around a complainer? I'd rather be around someone who's thankful, loaded with thankfulness any day, you know? And so um, as people who, who carry the name Jesus, as people who represent Jesus, we want to be like him and be growing to be like him, amen? Amen. So I want to share three different things that can kill this concept of overflowing with thankfulness. The first one is discontentment. Discontentment. It's, it's, it carries the idea that, you know, um, no matter what I have, no matter what people have done for me, it's not enough. Discontentment. It's hard for me to be around people like that, honestly. I want to help them. I want to help them because they tend to focus on the things that are, are not good as opposed to the things that are good. They, they always see the negative in things. And no matter how, how exciting, how, how, uh, uh, how many things have happened that are, that are good for them, it's always, the, it's always a tendency to, to, to lean toward the bad. Um, and, and grumbling, like I addressed complaining, grumbling very similarly uh, keeps us from seeing how God is moving. I want, I want to uh, just emphasize that for a moment. God is always doing something. God is always speaking. God is always setting people up in a good way. God is always moving. God is always aligning our, our purposes with his and helping us to, to stand in, you know, to step in line with what God's ultimate plan is, you know, if we allow him to. God is on the move. But if we say, you know, man, there's probably, I can't believe this, there's probably 45 empty seats in here. This is horrible today. Ridiculous. Why can't we, and if I'm just focusing on the negative, I'm missing out on what God's doing. Right? I mean, praise God. Look at, look at how many people decide to get up this morning and come to church and encounter God. That's amazing. Right? God is doing something. God is doing something. And this is very much like the Israelites. They're brought out of Egypt. God's got this amazing plan for them. He's, he brings them out of Egypt. He's bringing them to a promised land. 
and, and there's these, these things that um, are not happening the way they would expect them to happen. And, and they're saying, we're going to, you know, it would have been, it would have been better if we stayed in Egypt. I'd rather die than be in this situation here. And God's like, okay. And I, th- I think we need to be very careful about the things that we let go out of our mouths. Discontentment can be a very, very bad thing. So, so we have two choices, which are both very powerful. We can complain or we could be thankful. Both of them are very powerful positions to have. Discontentment is the first one. The second one is comparison. You want to talk about uh, things that can kill the overflow of thankfulness out of our heart? Comparison. There's a story, the, at the very last chapter in the book of John. John chapter 21, the gospel. And in the gospel, the back end of the story is after Jesus had hung on the cross uh, died, been buried, and resurrected, Jesus is, is revealing himself to his followers. And um, before he had died, he told Peter, you're going to deny me three times. Well, I'll never do that. I'd die for you, you know? Um, well, he does end up denying him three times. And um, so Peter's sort of in a mode of licking his wounds. He's not in a good place because... First of all, he didn't back up his words. Second of all, he let the one he loved down. Well, Jesus appears to him. They're fishing. Peter swims to the shore. Uh, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a moment of excitement. Um, and so they're eating a meal, and Jesus is in the process of restoring Peter, bringing healing to his heart. Peter, do you love me? Of course I love you. You know I love you. Peter then I want, you to, I want you to feed my sheep. In essence, he's, he's positioning, he's, he's elevating him because he's giving him responsibility. He's, he's calling him to be a shepherd of his people. Three times, Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? You know I love you. You know I uh, feed my lambs, you know. And, and finally, Peter gets a little upset about the question because Jesus is probing past the surfacey stuff. And so Peter's a little bit upset. Immediately, you read this. I want you to look at this. It's so disturbing. Immediately, Peter looks to John and he says, What about him? It's so, it's annoying because how could you? Be so focused on what's going on with someone else when Jesus, the resurrected Christ, is looking you in the eyes and elevating you. He's like, well, what about him over there? He's got this comparison thing going on. And I'm telling you, when you're in a comparison mode, it's nearly impossible to be thankful. It's nearly impossible to be thankful. And so when we play this, uh, this comparison game, one, one of two things can happen. The first one is this. I become proud because I have or am or do better than you. Right? That's, that's, that's one of them. I, pride can, can creep in. Or I become dissatisfied because you, what you have, who you are, and what you do is better than me. There's no winning in comparison. 
There's no winning. You are who you are. God made you to be great. God, God set his hand on your life. You are, you are the apple of his eye. Stop looking at someone next to you. Stop looking and comparing yourself as they're better than you because of what they're doing or what they have. They've got their own assignment. Right? You, you stick to what you're called to do and be the best person you can be. And let them stick to what they're called to do. And you encourage them to be the best person they could be. Even if it's perceived in this world as greater than what you're doing. Two things, two things can kill this overflow of thankfulness. The third, actually, the third one is this. That's two. Discontentment, comparison. The last one is entitlement. When we feel like we're owed something, when we feel like we deserve something, entitlement can kill thankfulness. We need to be very careful that uh, someone, our mindset doesn't settle in a place where where we believe that someone owes us something or we deserve something um, because of our position or, or anything like that. Listen to me. You can't be thankful for something you feel entitled to. You cannot. You, you can't express gratitude that way. So entitlement is I deserve more, I deserve better. You know, I deserve. It's about you. The focus is on you. The focus is on how you can get more. There's a statement, there's a quote that I I wrote down I love. It says this, thankfulness begins where my sense of entitlement ends. It's true. It's true. Thankfulness begins where our sense of entitlement ends. And, And the reality is this. If we aren't careful, we can establish a sense of entitlement or an attitude of entitlement toward God. Instead of, I give you my life, I owe you everything for what you've done, I deserve more, God. You owe me. You see how I serve you? You see, I mean, when they needed people to serve in that church, I was there. When, 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 when there was a need in my neighborhood, I took care of it. God, you owe me. That is shaky ground to be on. We need to be careful. So, so those three things can be, can be uh, thankfulness killers. We'll, we're not going to overflow when, we, when we're living in those kind of mindsets. And so I, I do want to transition from those things to what does overflowing with thankfulness look like practically? I, I mean, in our everyday life, how can I nurture that? How can, how can, I, how can I live this kind of life that sets me up to overflow with thankfulness? Again, it's, it's a culture of heaven. There, there's gratitude, there's thankfulness, there's expression of it in heaven and all over the earth. You read through the Bible, it's, it's, it's this expression of honor and praise to God and thankfulness to him. How can we as God's people begin to live this way? Um, the first thought is this. You, you don't get mad at me for this, but you need to choose to be thankful. It's really a choice. Like, it's an attitude. It's, it's one of those things that we need to personally just say, this is what I'm going to do. I, I heard a story. Um, there's this guy. 
It's uh, um, not Ma- John Maxwell's story. He 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 said that there was this guy that was, you know, he worked he worked half the day and he's getting ready to take lunch and he has his his bag lunch there, and he opens it not a frustration. He's like, not another bologna sandwich. I hate bologna sandwiches. Well, his buddy sitting next to him, he's like, well, why don't you just ask your wife to tell her you don't like bologna, and um, you know, ask her maybe to give you, give you something else, right? And he says, he, he says emphatically, <laughs> he says emphatically to his buddy, you leave my wife out of this. I make my own lunches. <laughs> I, I make my own lunches. <laughs> Listen to me. We make our own lunches every day. It's our attitude. It's, it's, we choose. This guy had the power to choose what he ate, right? And we choose who we're going to be. We choose the attitude that we convey. It's our choice. It's, it's our choice. In 1 Thessalonians 5, we read this passage. Paul's writing to the Thessalonians. He says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That can be, uh, as we look at that passage, give thanks in all circumstances. It's God's will for you. We have a choice. We, we choose the attitude that we convey. Now, um, it's easy to give thanks when things are good, isn't it? God, you're so good to me. Thank you so much. Someone drops some money in your hand. You get a check that's in the mail that's unexpected. You get a raise, a promotion, you know. You find that your upgrade, it's time for an upgrade for your cell phone, you know. All these good things. Man, we can give praise to God till we're blue in the face. We can thank him. But that's not what the Bible's saying here. It says, give thanks to God in all circumstances. It's a little bit different challenge to be thankful, to express thanks to God when things are going so good. Now, this is what, this is what Jesus said. In this life, you're going to have trouble. And so things can be going good for a season, but ultimately we're going to run into some road bumps in life, Right? And the challenge is, can we, is there thankfulness, enough thankfulness in us that we could give thanks in those seasons, in those times? I'm grateful that it doesn't say, give thanks for all circumstances. It says, give thanks in all circumstances. It's a huge, it's a huge difference. We don't, we don't need to be grateful for the bad things that come our way. There's, uh, Tony Evans says it this very powerfully. Giving thanks in, not for, is your secret to victory. Can you look up to heaven and cause it to not be about you and say, God, you know what? Even though I'm going through this mess, you're still really good to me. Even though I'm up against it financially, you said that you're my provider. Even though I don't have a job now and I need a job, you know what? You're still good to me. Even though, uh, you know, things aren't going relationally the way 
I want to. God, you know what? I'm going to trust you in this. I don't know what it looks like, but you lead me. Lead me. Even though maybe we live, maybe experiencing difficulty emotionally. You know, I think one of the key things to breaking out of that is looking beyond you and looking up to the one who can help you. God, I don't like the way I'm feeling. I don't like the thoughts going through my mind right now. I'm struggling. But you're near to me. You're close to the brokenhearted. You bind up those who, you you bring healing to those who are, are struggling. I know that you care. I know that I'm not hearing you right now, but I know that you are my answer to the problem I'm facing. And I'm thankful for that. See, we, we, can, we can settle in the midst of a storm and land there. We could stay there or we could think our way out of it. I, I, believe, I believe that God has a plan. And what is in us is going to be expressed out of us. It's either complaining or thankfulness. And I believe that part of God's plan is to transform our hearts to represent him. And you know, there's a, there's a phrase in Christianity, going around the mountain again. And what that means is this, that, you know, there's opportunities that we get to learn things. We have opportunities to learn things. And when we don't learn them, because we tried to do it our way, we tried to fix the problem, we tried to resolve it, we take over. God, I put it in your hands, but I'm taking it back. Maybe we don't say that, but we do that. Come on, that's true. We take it back. And then God's saying, okay, well, I mean, you're going to learn this lesson eventually. And, and I believe the mountain experience and how long we stay there going around the mountain, it's circular, it's, it's non-progressive, it's like staying in the same place, stuck, uh, when he wants to take us to a better place, you know. Um, it's an opportunity to learn. And I think thankfulness is a key part to breaking free. I don't want to be a grumbler or a complainer. I want to be a person that's loaded with thankfulness. So giving thanks in all circumstances cultivates thankfulness in our hearts. How do we position ourselves to overflow with thankfulness? Choose to be thankful. The second thought is this. We need to find reasons to be thankful. Find reasons to be thankful. I'll explain that. Um, The reality is thankful people find reasons to be thankful, and ungrateful people find reasons to be ungrateful. Matthew Henry, he lived in the 1600s, and he wrote this commentary set that if anyone has ever, ever done any Bible study in the sense of trying to figure out what a passage means, he is like one of the most pop, popular names in commentary as a commentary writer. Um, very prolific, theologian, very smart. And one day he was invited to a church to speak, and he was traveling on horseback to this church. And out of the, the woods came this guy with a gun who threatened to kill him. And he said, I want everything, I want all your money, I want, I want everything that you have. And the guy, Matthew Henry, tries to talk this robber out, out of it. And the guy wouldn't have it. So he gave him his money. And the guy ran off. The guy ran off. Um, so Matthew Henry, after, after that scenario, sat down. 
And he said, you know what? I'm thankful I've never been robbed before. I'm thankful I've never been robbed before. And I'm thankful he took my money and not my life. And I'm thankful that he didn't take more. And I'm thankful that I was the one robbed and not the robber. You see, we can, we can find reasons to be thankful. You know, I, I, I love that scenario. Um, T.D. Jake says this. He says, stop staring at your salary and start focusing on your benefits package. <laughs> In essence, you're looking at the reality of the problem instead of uh, the promises that you have over your life. Uh, Psalm 103, this is the last passage I'll share with you. We can find reasons to be thankful. Psalm 103, very famous psalm, says this, Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. This is your benefits package. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. So that'll bring a smile to your face because those are great benefits from heaven. Great benefits from heaven. So T.D. Jake says, stop staring at your salary, start focusing on your benefits package. Begin to look at what God has made available to you. In essence, find ways or reasons to be thankful. Here's my last thought as I, as I prepare to close. My third point is this. Express it. Don't just think it. Think about this for a minute. Thankfulness has to be expressed. No one's going to know you're thankful. No one's going to know. You know, and, and, and the fact that you don't express thankfulness makes it seem like you're ungrateful. Ungrateful to God. Ungrateful to people around you. You know, it's always, it's always the closest people to us that seem to be um, taken for granted the most. They need to hear how thankful you are for them. Even in the little things. Sometimes... We, we overlook the little things, and little things matter to people. When they do this kind thought, you know, they send you a kind text, a kind gesture, you know, thinking about you. I want you to know you matter to me. Like, man, that's amazing. That's amazing. We need to be thankful for those kind of people. Maybe we could become those kind of people. We are positioned in life to overflow with thankfulness. It is, it is a matter of maturity. Don't stay stuck where you are where everything is always about you. Don't stay stuck in a place where you need the attention. You need, you need, I need. Be a person that releases what's really in your heart. Be thankful. So, so we need to be the kind of people that express it, not just think it. You could say it or show it. Don't just think it.
We need to let thankfulness flow from our mouths. This is the kind of season we're in, but the reality is, this is like a lifestyle. It's a, it's a lifestyle that I hope we could just rise to. You know? People want to be, it's very attractive. Uh, thankfulness is a very attractive thing. And people are drawn like a magnet to people who are grateful, that are thankful. It's hope-giving. Amen? And so we start, this thankfulness starts with our expressions to God. It starts with us speaking to God about how good he's been to us. Not about what he's not doing. You could talk to him about that. But I'm telling you, you better multiply the amount of time you invest in thanking him before you start complaining about what he didn't do. You know? Because he's done way more than you could ever imagine. Way more than you could ever imagine. And he will continue to do more. Amen? Would you stand to your feet as we close today? I want to close by praying for you. I'm not going to send you out with an assignment. Go tell 20 people you're thankful for them. But I'm going to ask God that he does something in our hearts. That what we say is real. And what's in our hearts comes out as an expression of how good God has been to us. Amen. Father, today... Just reflect upon this season, Lord. We reflect upon the culture you've established in heaven, Lord. We do pray that heaven would invade earth, Lord. The culture, your ways, would invade our hearts and our lives. It would be a a really, really, really good reflection of you. The way we love, the way we care, the compassion that we have. The way we recognize all you've done for us. And so, Father, I pray for our hearts, God, that we wouldn't be so consumed about us, God, that we forget to look outward, upward, to see you, to see what you've done, to see the people around us, God, what they're doing for us, how appreciative we are of them, God. Lord, help us, Lord, to see past the facades, the surfacey stuff, to the heart of the matter, God, and let our hearts be impacted, God, by this culture. I ask that our hearts, our homes, this church, and this community would be impacted by this culture. I thank you, God. I thank you for what you're doing, God. You're moving in our lives, and we are grateful. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. We We have uh, our ministry team up here if you need prayer for anything. Otherwise, there's coffee out.